I learned a long time ago, you can't do anything great without great people. I'm blessed to have amazing people on my team along on this journey. We guarantee it today, man. We got somebody that's going to be amazing uh, on the show today. You met Matt. You know him a little better than I do, man. What do you think about this guy? I think he's a rock star. Yeah, a great leader. Um, definitely setting the standard in the industry. He sells a ton of real estate, too. Oh, yeah. Not only that, he's a coach for one of the top real estate coaches in the country now. Yeah. And we're going to meet him. Let's go ahead and bring him on now. Matt Smith, how are you, my dear friend? Good to see you, brother. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Man, Happy we to are, be here. Yeah, we're super stoked to have you on the show. I mean, uh, you know, as I was saying in the intro, that story about going from uh, working in your basement to number 15 in the nation in four years, and uh, we're going to touch on that in a little bit. But, man, you uh, you definitely have uh, have blazed a trail for a lot of us and uh, I know you're going to just pour nuggets out here uh, for our audience today. So I would just encourage you in the audience to, to sharpen that pencil and get that eight and a half by 14 yellow legal pad ready to go because you're going to fill it up with rider downers today. So, Matt, let's do this. Let's start out a little bit and uh, just get a little bit of background on you. Uh, if you don't mind, just uh, just kind of give us the, uh, the the 411 on on what you got going up there. Tell us a little bit about your team. Uh, what what do you guys do? I mean, how do you, you have two offices, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we currently have two offices, um, and we are branching into a third this year um, at the Lake of the Ozarks Market. We have one office in St. Robert, Missouri. We have one in Rolla, Missouri, and now we're branching into Lake of the Ozarks Market, which is whole another beast so we're learning we're learning a whole different market um but it's, it's very exciting so my team sold 766 uh units last year um and that was with 20 agents um so you do the math on the per agent productivity um we have very very successful agents on our team and i learned a long time ago you can't do anything great without great people i'm blessed to have amazing people on my team along on this journey and so we were ranked number 15 in the nation, according to Real Trends. Um, that was in 2020. And then we were also blessed to be a part of Inc. 5000 fastest growing private companies in 2020. Um, wow. And so that's that's amazing to me because a lot of teams that I talk to as we've grown and progressed is they're in bigger markets, right? They're in big cities, metro areas. Our, uh, our population um, is less than 20,000 people. And we're still able to move that kind of real estate and those what, kind of units. What? Would you say that one more time? I think I got earwax in my ears here. Hold on. Go ahead. What was that again? The population of the market that we serve is under 20,000 people, and we sold 766 units. Jesus, man. We've got 45,000 real estate agents here. And yeah. you sold seven. That is, so that market share, I can't do the math, but that's a lot. That's yeah. a huge market share. Well, congratulations. Um, I'm just like, hold on. Let me pick myself up off the ground here after that. <laughs> Um, so, well, we're going to unpack that and I want the, I want you to just, if you would sort of lift the hood up and show everybody how that machine runs that you've put together, but let's take a step back now a little bit and talk for a minute about Matt Smith and where did you grow up, Matt? What was it like, uh, growing up in your family? Where did you get this incredible drive? Was it in your DNA? Did, did it come from your folks? Oh, I was hundred percent born with it, right? That's what all successful people are born with it, right? <laughs> No, it, it's it's a it's a learned trait, right? Just like anything else great in life. And so, um, yeah, let's go back. So again, a lot of my story, what I try to tell people is don't let your own limitations get in your way, right? There's so many people that make excuses about why they can't do something instead of trying to do something. And so I grew up um, in a very, very small town. As an example, my graduating high school class had 30 kids. 
that's where I grew up. Very humble beginnings um, and uh, worked. My very first job was working at a sawmill. My family owned a sawmill. And so if you don't know anything about a sawmill, um, it's very, very hard work, uh, manual labor. Um, and I started there when I was 12 years old. During summers, um, summer breaks, I, I worked at the sawmill for $20 a day cash. Um, and thought I was on top of the world. That was all the money in the world to me at that time. Um, so I think you mentioned work ethic and how did you get here? And I mean, that right there is where I learned my work ethic is because in a sawmill, it's an assembly line and your, your team is counting on you to not, as a 12 year old kid, to keep up with the men. Because if you slow down, well, guess what? The whole operation stops. Right. So right. That, that taught me a lot of work ethic and a lot of different lessons through life. And then as I kept progressing, I just, I was actually running the sawmill. My family owned it. Um, and I was actually running it. And at the time that was my dream job. That is what I'd always wanted to do. Something happened. I don't know what it was, but something clicked that maybe there's more in this world. Maybe there's more than I can accomplish. And so I just started reading books, following people like Tony Robbins and other motivational people. And I'm just like, all right, now I'm starting to see there was a common theme. And the common theme was you are the five people you spend the most time with. You become who you hang around, right? And and then I just went to work at the sawmill and no offense, they're great people. I still know them, I still love them. But I just thought, Do, is this who I want to be 10 years from now? And the answer was no, I, I thought I was capable of more. Mm. Um, and so I just, I bet on myself um, and started investing and pouring into me. Um, and then opportunities came, all right? It's it's luck is when opportunity and hard work meet. And so it's uh, I, I've gotten very lucky in my life, but I've been very prepared for those opportunities. Now, did you, okay, so I mean, that it's kind of, it's very cool. By the way, my dad worked for Georgia Pacific, and I remember some of the sawmills, the the paper, the plants we would go to in Arkansas and places, and so, yeah, I mean, that is, that's that's incredible and dangerous work also yes. uh, as well, very dangerous, but um, did you, other than that, did you follow the traditional way through high school? Did you go any, like, to college and play D1 sports or anything like that after school? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I didn't, there was, football wasn't even an option at my high school. It was too small. We didn't have enough people. Um, so it was, uh, it, I, all I did was work. Um, it, it was it. Um, and so I actually took a program to get out of high school early and graduate early so I could start working early. Wow. Um, and so I, I went straight into the sawmill and went to work. That's um, crazy. So I kind of went my senior year. I kind of went half a year for the whole year. Well, tell us about the. So how long did you stay in the family business? And tell us about that transition. It, was it right into real estate after the sawmill, or what? What happened after that? Yeah. So during the transition, I, I ran the sawmill. So I started at the bottom when I was twelve, right, and worked my way up through the progression. And I, I was I was essentially the foreman of the sawmill. Um, and then I just started looking for more. And so I started looking, and I went on job interviews and. I just, I was searching for what do I want to do? Um, and then the conversation I had to have with my family was actually with my dad saying, all right, I, this isn't what I want to do anymore. I want more for myself and my future family. And he's like, okay, well, what are you going to do? I didn't have an answer. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just know it's not this. So I'm quitting. Like literally didn't have a plan, didn't have nothing. But I said, I know I can't find my future while I'm working here. And so I said, I'm, my full-time job now is to find what I'm going to do next. And so I just stumbled into, for a while, I couldn't find a job, right? They don't just make high paying jobs that you can just walk in and find. And so I, I had to pay the bills. And so I, then I started working concrete, which is another hard work, hard work, right? That's, it's, uh, that'll teach you some lessons in life too. And then I just kept, find, I kept searching while I was working concrete. And it was, uh, one of the things that I found was I actually had a knack for doing sales and it was nothing that I was ever taught. I just learned very early on in sales. 
I have to simplify things. And how I simplify sales is if I can find your problem and then I can solve your problem, I can make a sale. You solve a problem, you make a sale. So it, it was just, that's, that's how I simplified it to actually help more people in sales. And so when I was able to do that, I started as a credit card processing company and I quickly went to number one in the region in that company, my very first sales job. Um, and then I took another job and another opportunity. And then that eventually led me into real estate three or four jobs later. So that really is, you don't have a PhD in real estate or marketing or finance or something like that. You just kind of built your way in, worked your way into the business. Yep. Why do you think that 92% of agents fail to make this business a career? So there's several factors. Um, number one, people think that it's as easy as you see it on the TV shows, right? They have false expectations. Um, um, and then number two, it's, it's a business where you have to put in the work and you have to realize that this doesn't, you can't build this business overnight. And I think a big part of that is we live in such an instant gratification world right now that everybody wants results today. Right. They want the I don't know if you guys remember the Domino's commercials, but the 30 minute abs. Right. Like that doesn't exist in reality. It's not a real thing. And so you can't just work out for 30 minutes and now you're in shape. Well, you can't just work hard for 30 days and now you have a real estate business. And so it takes time and you have to build that momentum and you have to build it the right way. And I think a lot of people just don't have the patience or the the wherewithal to, to put in that work for a period of time on hopes and dreams that it's going to work out. So when was your zero moment of truth when you decided that real estate was your calling? So it wasn't until I was in the business for two years where I'm like, all right, I think I can do this. Part another, let me go back to your previous question. I think another part too is education. I feel my, as my example, when I first got into real estate, my training was, um, here's a contract. I'm going on vacation for two weeks, read it. Let me know what your questions are when I get back. That was the training that I got in real estate, but remember my work ethic, right? And so I said, I'm just gonna figure this out, I have to. I had an infant daughter at the time, I'm like, I've got bills to pay. I don't get paid unless I help people buy or sell homes, so I've gotta figure this out. And so I, he came back from, my broker at the time came back from vacation, I said, well, you know that contract you gave me? Here's five of them. Um, I'm not sure if I filled them out right or not, what do I do next? I, I sold five houses my first two weeks, just by going and talking to people and saying, how can I help you? And having conversations and just figuring it out. Um, and so I think part of the problem, what I've been able to develop on my team that's helped with our success is realizing how important education is. Realizing how important it is to not only educate your people, but also arm them to make sure they understand the education. I think too many training companies or leaders in real estate talk at their people and not to their people. And so you have to make sure they're understanding and comprehending what you're doing. And I don't think education really happens in the classroom. It happens on the field, right? It happens by actually doing. And so we've developed an education strategy around that that's been super successful for brand new agents coming in. Can you elaborate on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, is, is it technical training? Are you doing sales training? What is it, break that down for us, Matt. So our very first, we have a, we have a 14 day onboarding that we break down different trainings on. Um, and then it's continual for 90 days and beyond. Um, we do, I mean, we education is one of our core values. And so we, we have a lunch and learn every other week and trainings as needed, right? That's continuing going on. But as a brand new agent, we've just developed a strategy that, and it's always evolving, but the very first class that we teach is on mindset and time management. Because if you don't know how to manage your time, you don't have the right mindset in this business, the rest of it doesn't matter. I feel an obligation to help people with how to be successful in life, not just in real estate. 
you can have the best script in the world, but if you don't have the right mindset or you don't manage your time properly, you're not going to be successful. And then I also have a theory too, that a lot of people lose motivation when they don't have a big enough reason behind why they're doing what they're doing. So we have a, a story that I, I still to this day, we have a new agent come on. I teach this class and it's about who we are what we stand for and why it's important you realize it because we stand on a strict set of values and our core focus is to change lives. That's what we do. We are not a real estate company. Our Matt Smith real estate group changes lives. That's our focus every day. We just happen to sell real estate. Are there, uh, are there any particular books that you have your folks read during the first 90 days that they're on board? Absolutely. Yep. So we all, every person that comes on our team, no matter what the position, whether it's operations, marketing, agent, um, they read the five dysfunctions of a team. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but oh, that is sure. a culture yeah. lifesaver. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's no question. I'm trying to remember the guy that wrote that. He wrote several uh, business books. Um, it's, it's Patrick Lencioni. Lencioni, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, we used to teach that at B-School, and, and uh, there's a great exercise you can go through to identify those, those five areas, um, those five dysfunctions. What about... You mentioned Tony Robbins. What do you do in terms of like for self-development for your agents? Yeah, so I don't force anything down their throat. I just always communicate what I'm currently working on. Um, I have, I'd have to count, but 500 plus books that we have in a library in our office that they can check out that are all real estate or self, self-help, entrepreneurship, something to help you level up that I purchased. I haven't read them all, but I'm getting through them, but they are more than welcome to use any of them at any time. And so I have that as easy access for them. Um, I'm always listening to podcasts and different things and sharing episodes with them um, and just encouraging them that it's a very important part of your life. Is, is It's the old airplane oxygen analogy, right? You gotta take care of yourself so you can take care of others. Yeah. And I've realized that that's really helped me in my journey is the more I invest in myself, it's the best investment you can make. What sort of things do you guys do for team building? A lot, um, it's, it's, a, it's a huge priority of ours. As an example, I remember asking C3, hey, what time will this be over? Um, and the reason is, is because we're going to the airport right after this. I'm taking my whole team to an all-inclusive resort in Cabo to celebrate our amazing year last year. Wow. You're not staying at the Hyatt Ziva, are you? We're not. That will be in March. <laughs> March. I love it. We're going this month, and then we're going back in March. That's what we do, too. Yeah, we're we're actually yep. taking our team on a cruise uh, to Belize, Costa Maya, and Cozumel. We've got three sea days, and uh, I've got my coach, who's Gary De Rodriguez who's going to come out and uh, teach everybody about presentation skills and NLP. Speaking of coaching, I want to talk about coaching. Shift gears, Matt, for a little bit here. I know that you are one of the elite coaches with John, John Cheplak's group, but I want to, before we get to that, I want to talk about how coaching has played a role in your business growth and and uh, sort of how you got started in it and why you think it's you know just really important for agents to have a coach. If for nothing else, Everybody in their life needs accountability. Everybody does. There's everybody needs accountability. So first and foremost, no matter what it is you're trying to level up in life, there is nothing that you can convince me that a higher form of accountability won't help you achieve it faster, better, or more of it. And so first and foremost, accountability. Uh, my definition of accountability is it's the highest form of love you can show an individual. If I can hold you accountable, I'm doing that for you, right? And so that, that's kind of the approach that I was, I've was i learned and why people need a coach. So I said I focused a lot on myself. And so what I mean by that is I found coaches in this day and age, you don't have to go out and hire a physical coach to have a coach. 
there is so much information available to everybody out there if you just go out and seek and find it. And that's where I started because I didn't have the money to go out and hire somebody one-on-one. -on -one. So I just started consuming content. And then what I realized is now this content is helping me level up in life. And then I hired my first coach. I actually bought a real estate coaching program was my very first coach. Um, and it came with a one-on-one -on -one weekly calls and it had the modules and the whole thing. And it really helped me structure my real estate team. And I'm like, all right, there's something to this. The accountability of the group, the realizing their structure so I can make mine off of it. And it, it helped me skip steps into success. Um, when you can actually have somebody that you can rely on to run ideas through to help you build what you want to build, that is, in my opinion, the best coaches are people that have already been there and done that, right? I'm not a believer in having a coach that theorist. I'm just not. Um, I've just not had a good experience personally with that. And, and that's what I love about being able to be a coach myself now is that I can actually help people up through situations I've already been through. It's not a, oh, I think this may work. I know for a fact this will work and I know it will help you. And so I think that's a big different differentiation in some coaches is that there's this image now on Instagram that it's cool to be an entrepreneur or a life coach or this or that. Um, coaches are fantastic. Just be careful that you actually do your due diligence and make sure your coaches actually accomplish something in life besides selling you on being a coach. Um, so that's a little, another tangent, but, um, coaches are a huge thing, right? It's something that if you have somebody that can help pick you up and help you work on your business versus in your business, it can, it can help you skip steps into success. So you just, uh, I mean, I, it pains me sometime to see the people that fly these coach flags uh, in our business. What sort of questions would you ask doing due diligence to check out a coach or a coaching program? What areas would you poke in to, to find out if, if they really know what they're doing? Yeah, so I would, number one, ask them what they've accomplished. What qualification, what qualifies them to be my coach? What have they accomplished in life? And so the, don't get me wrong, there are theories that can help you level up, but there's theories and then there's real life. And if you can combine the two by somebody that's already been where you want to go that's ideal in my opinion and, and so it goes back to when i said the sawmill days right you are who you hang around and so i want to hang around or be coached by people are that are at a level that i want to get to and so i would just verify that they actually have accomplished things in their lives and and also have they coached before and have have those people been successful because it's being a coach is a huge responsibility to help that you can't do the work for them but it's a huge responsibility to help them become successful okay so uh, most of us are very familiar with John Cheplak. Uh, when you decided to align yourself with a coach in this business, why did you pick John? So I went through some other coaches and they helped me tremendously to get to where I was, but it got to a point where it got stagnant, right? It got to, all right, all right there has to be something different. I know all your scripts. I know your dialogues. Yep. We have role play once a week. We have this, we have that. And I just kept poking and prodding, trying, all right, what can we do next? What's next? Um, sometimes the answer is do more of the same, but sometimes there's an answer that, all right, let's change it up a little bit and let's take things to the next level. And I just wasn't finding that anywhere. And I followed Jeff for years um, and I, I did something on a post somewhere um, two years ago, I commented and he replied back and said, Hey, you want, I got 10 minutes. You got time for a call. I remember I, I pulled back my notes from that 10 minute call I had with him. I had three pages of notes in 10 minutes that was the stuff I was searching for. So I remember that two years later and I called him and begged him, all right, I need help. Will you be my coach? But man, I'm not really taking anybody on at this time. And I just kept bugging him and bugging him and bugging him. And um, luckily I got in. So what were the first things that you immediately worked on in your business when you started coaching with John? Leadership. Leadership. First and foremost. 
Tell us about that. So I'm a firm believer that if I don't grow as a leader, my team can't grow. They can only grow or evolve as much as I grow or evolve. And this, the biggest lever in my business is myself. And so if I can continue to grow and learn different leadership language patterns and help my people achieve what they want to achieve in their lives, then it reciprocates over and over again. It's, it's exponential results because now I'm pouring into that person and then that person is able to help more people versus a lot of teams leaders where they get stuck they're still the listing agent right they still are the ones that are the top producer and they have a few buyers agents doing a few deals here and they don't know how to get out of that hamster wheel um, and so it's a big part of the process to get them out of it but I was at the point where I was already out of that but I wanted to take things to the next level and I mean John's a um, he's a he's a very honest guy and he just said well good news and bad news bad news is the problem's you the good news is the problem's you and I can help you fix it wow that's powerful yeah that's uh <laughs> direct yeah tell us about all or nothing what you've, you've put something together here that's quite interesting uh matt give us a little background on it yeah so as i'm going through my journey my journey is the what i've realized is when i first started in real estate i remember i was a single agent my very first year i sold 74 units as a single agent my very first year in the business i remember at one point in time looking up at my pendings board back when pending boards exist, right? Before technology, um, if it went to the right whiteboard and wrote it down, um, I remember I had one whiteboard and at one time I had to cut the lines in half because I had to add more names to it. And then I had to go get a second whiteboard. Um, I had 44 pending transactions at one time as a single agent. I looked up and I said, holy cow, I don't remember who these people are. How do you keep that straight? Especially first year in the business, you know? Um, and so it was just one of those things that half of those deals fell through because I just didn't do my job right. I dropped the ball here, dropped the ball there. And that's where I started realizing, all right, I had an epiphany. I, I need to quit worrying about the commissions and the money, and I need to start worrying about the people. If I can focus on this family and how can I give this family better service because they are trusting me with the largest purchase or sale of their life, and I need to take that serious. And when I made that transition, my life changed forever. And so I say that to just tell you all or nothing, this coaching, where I'm at with my team now, all of it is designed as a way for me to help more people. I'm a 100% believer in the law of reciprocity. The more that you give for, for the reason of just giving, the more that you get back. And it is a way for me to launch a brand to help other people in the real estate business. We've, I mean, we've created a little bit of a movement. I just started this movement and we've, we've got several hundred people that are already a part of it that are from all over the world that are learning stuff about real estate, asking questions. And it's a free program. It's a way just for me to give back. Um, whenever I have the time to give back to agents that are struggling or if they have a question about this, it's just a platform me, for me to be able to help more people. Is this something you would open up potentially to people in our audience? Absolutely. So yeah. how would how would they get access, uh, Matt? Yeah, so there's, there is a Facebook page, um, but that's not where I put the exclusive content. So make sure that you find, it's just search on Facebook all or nothing in real estate and it's a private group you have to request access um, the only reason I do that is because I want to control the environment and make sure that it's in an environment of contribution I want to make sure that we have the right people in there um, because it I don't want it to turn into one of those groups where we have people whining and complaining this is where people come because they want to level up in life all or nothing I named it that because that mentality that mindset changed my life whatever I do I go all in or I don't do it. And I think that mindset in real estate has helped so many people propel and progress. That's why I named it that. Awesome. Well, I hope that uh, you guys are listening out there and, and uh, take advantage of this offer and opportunity from Matt. I don't think yeah. it's going to do anything but help you explode your business and, and uh, get to where you want to be. Matt, you seem like a really sharp guy, man. You've just 
crushed in this business. I got to ask you a question. Why in April of 2018 did you decide you wanted to join a company that doesn't sell real estate, just recruits? It's a pyramid scheme. It's penny stock isn't worth anything. What the heck were you thinking, man? So I asked myself the same thing for the first three months. Um, so I, so honestly, um, I was in a stage in my life where I knew I was ready to grow and, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell a little backstory if that's okay, of how I got to this point, this point is, so I was a single agent at a brokerage. I was rookie of the year. My first year broke records for our, for our area. And I don't say that to brag. I just say that as a, uh, as a place of, to kind of let you know the story. And I was there and I, I had bought this training course. I mentioned earlier, the first coach coaching course, and it was all about real estate teams and this and that. And so I thought, all right, I realized I'd had this epiphany that I wanted to help more people. And I kept dropping the ball because I'm good with people, but I'm not so good with organization, um, with uh, making sure I'm dotting the I's, crossing the T's. And so I needed to bring people in that were good at that so I could give the clients better service. And so as I was progressing, I went to my broker um, at the time and said, I want to grow a real estate team. Here's what I want to do. Um, how can we do this together? Um, and I got shot down. It was a, um, nope, you're already too big for your britches. You need to slow down. You're growing too fast. It's not going to work. Um, and so I just decided, you know what, I, I'm going to do this with or without you. So I, I left and found another opportunity. And I started a real estate team um, and I had to start from absolute zero. Uh, at the time in Missouri, the uh, the broker owns everything. And so I had a ton of listings, a ton of pendings, and they took it all. They said, well, if you're leaving me, I'm, keep, I'm keeping it. And it was worth it for me to actually and reinvest to try to build something better, right? And so uh, my very first year, I started a team and I was the only member of the team, right? Um, it just, that was what I was trying to build. I was trying to paint the vision of what I was trying to build. And so very quickly, two years later, um, we're number, it was with Century 21, it was the umbrella we were under. Um, and in two years, my team outgrew the brokerage. Um, and then again, I ran into a similar situation and it was, well, you're getting too big for your britches and you're, you're outgrowing us and it's not okay. You need to slow down. And so I, I just don't like ceilings. I don't have ceilings in my life. I don't put ceilings for my agents, for my team. I want to lift people up, not knock them down. Right. And so I just had to find something different because if they're limiting me, it's limiting them. And so I just started looking around, looking around. Um, I talked with every, you name a brand, I talked with them about opening a franchise, buying one, doing this. Um, I had my broker's license, so I ultimately just decided I was just gonna do my own thing and I'll figure it out later. I just have to get out of this environment. Well, I was approached with EXP by somebody that was with another brand that had just transferred over. Problem was they were puking EXP on me versus telling me what the model actually was about. And so I looked into it and it just, they weren't speaking my language. I wanted to grow a real estate team. And how are you gonna help me do that? They couldn't tell me, right? They were all about rev share and stock. And, and I'll get to that later because that's great stuff. I just didn't realize it at the time. But so what happened is I just started progressing, started building out an office. And then a buddy of mine that had built Rapora with me um, that had already built a real estate team, given me free value, which is part of my journey, why I'm doing all or nothing, right? Is to give back more free value because without that free value, I wouldn't have trusted the person that I went with with EXP and I would not be where I'm at today. And so that free value, I called them because I trusted them and said, hey, I just saw you went with EXP. Dude, I think you made a mistake. And he's like, why? And I went through it and he's like, no, you, you just talked to the wrong person. Let me tell you the truth. And so eight months later, I signed up. And once I realized that if you, if you can remove the stuff you don't understand about this model, and at the time I didn't understand revenue share, didn't understand the stock, I didn't get it. And so it sounded too good to be true. And so I removed those two items and said, all right, I'm gonna partner with this person who's already built a big real estate team. They're gonna help me grow my business. And worst case, I don't have to be the broker and I pay $16,000, let's do it. 
once I made that decision from a real estate company perspective, it made sense for me and my team. I added back in revenue share and stock and I said, holy smokes, now I see it. I don't know why I didn't see it, but now I see it. Like I literally just got goosebumps because this is not an EXP pitch, but EXP absolutely changed my life forever. I have made, so a lot of people will say, oh, well, I'm at 100% brokerage or I'm at this or I'm at that. EXP is not 100% brokerage. EXP is 100% plus because of the opportunities it provides. EXP has made me over $2 million on top of 100% of my commission in three years. Where else can you do that? And coming from a 30 kid graduating class, working at a sawmill for $20 a day, I never thought I'd see $2 million. And now I see it in addition to 100% of my commissions on my business because of this opportunity. Amazing. Yeah. Tell what, what was it better for your agents, Matt? Why, why did your agents? Why? Yes. Yeah. So talk about that. Tell us how it's better for them. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because that was a whole big part of my discussion too. Um, is that is that I talked with um the guy that actually started as my assistant. He was he was uh he was the guy I trusted during this transition. He's now my COO of the company. Um, but we talked. We stayed up till two o'clock in the morning watching every EXP video we could find. Right. Um, and we just we made a decision. And here was the questions I asked him: Does EXP make sense for us? Yes. Does EXP make sense for the agents? Yes. Does EXP make sense for every agent in the world you can think of? Whether you're brand new, whether you run a, a team, whether you run a brokerage, brokerage, and the answer was yes. I said, all right, one more question. Can we provide more opportunities to our agents with or without EXP? And the answer is with EXP by far. And that was the icing on the cake. I cannot compete with EXP's opportunities with my agents. So I can help them sell real estate all day long, but I can't give them all the ancillary stuff that EXP offers to all its agents. I just can't compete with that. So now they have the opportunity of both. That's a uh, you know, great way to put it. That's a great way yeah. to put it. And it's a familiar story, frankly. Um, yeah. You know, I've polled a number of successful, hugely successful team leaders such as yourself. And a lot of them will say, yeah, it's been great for me, but it's really been great for my agents, you know, since we've come over. It's given them, you know, new ways to, to look at real estate as a career. Instead of running a career, they can own a business and actually have it someday have a retirement party. I've never been to a realtor's uh, retirement party, uh, but I think we're going to have a few of them here at eXp that are going to be very meaningful, and uh, uh, especially with the generational wealth opportunity. Uh, 100%. I want to tell a couple of stories there, if you don't mind. Sure, please. Yep. So, so, so about my agents. So I I remember this, I mean, we were within our first three or four months with EXP and I'm not going to lie. It was a rocky transition. Um, it was, thank God they fixed their onboarding and it's a breeze now. Um, because those that came over as teams back then will understand what I'm saying. It was not the same. Um, now it's nine day difference, but part of going through that transition, I remember, um, one of my agents who's still with me came to me and said, dude, why'd you pay me this 580 bucks? You messed up, you overpaid me. Which number one, have agents on your team that think they over you overpay them and tell you, hey, you messed up, right? That's number one. But number two is I looked into it and I'm like, no man, that's your revenue share. He's like, my what? I'm like, that's from EXP. Because these other two people that came on the team, you convinced them to come to the team so they're underneath you. And they sold this house, this house, and this house. He's like, no way. Like he threw his hands in the air. This guy's making six figures a year, right? Mm -hmm. So it's five hundred dollars isn't it? nothing major to him, but it was passive. He didn't have to do anything for it. He said, dude, that, that pays my motorcycle payment. This is really is going to change my life. You were right. That was within the first three months of this transition. That's a good, that's awesome. I have, I have another agent that, um, has been, that is a, taking advantage of the investing 5% of your commissions in the stock had, had over $180,000 in stock on top of what they invested. Like 
in three years. That's an agent on a team. So whenever they, whenever you said that, it's such a good point um, that this isn't just a good opportunity for team leaders, broker owners. And that was a big decision for me is because I had, in my journey, had the top-down leadership where they didn't want me to grow. And so I wanted the opposite. I wanted opportunities where if my agents can outgrow me, how can I help you do it, right? And EXP was the vehicle where that they can do that if they choose to. And I can help them do that. Wow. Amen. Yeah, we're just about at the end of our time here. I hate to say it. Isn't that crazy? It goes by fast, man. It really does, especially with Matt on board here. But Matt, if you uh, if you could sit down for a minute or two with a new agent and speak into that agent before they started their career, what's the best piece of advice that you could give that agent? Number one, honesty. So be honest with your new agents. There's too many people that onboard agents and just to recruit them or bring them on, they promise them the moon and the stars, right? If you come here, I'll make you successful. I've got news for you. Sorry guys, neither one of you or myself can make any human being successful. All we can do is facilitate the environment for them to be successful, right? And I'm gonna facilitate the best environment I possibly can, but you have to put in the work as an agent. And so here's what that work looks like. Here's the truth behind what what real estate looks like and give it to them down and dirty about here's what it looks like but also paint the picture however if you do this this and this here's what it could be and so you give them that dream but you also are honest with them about what it's going to take to achieve it because real estate can change your life but it's not going to just by happenstance you have to follow the process you have to put in the work and you have to be able to manage your schedule because real estate agents are not supposed to be firefighters and that's what most of them get stuck doing every single day running around putting out fire all day every day right how many real estate agents do you know with their hair on fire all day every day all day long yeah yeah absolutely tell us why you chose those two particular wall hangings behind you yeah so you can't see the the one in the middle but it's my favorite quote um it says never tell me the sky's the limit when there are footprints on the moon that is a to me that says that's my life credo right there is because don't tell me i can't achieve it because anything's possible got it there got are it. no limitations in this life got it.